This call is now being recorded. Hello, this is Benjamin Kitchings of the History Voyager. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very much for listening to mine. I'm here with Robert Sales. Could Hi, how are you guys? Awesome, awesome. Could you please, in your very own words, tell me exactly why somebody like me would want to talk to you? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'm a university student, uh, in Iowa, um, at the University of Northern Iowa, and, uh, I started my own business a couple years ago. Um, I've always been, uh, had the entrepreneurial spirit to, uh, kind of tinker with things at home or start start up things or uh, figure out how I could do things on my own. Um, so when I came to college, I obviously started exploring how I could start a business and do that. And uh, I've had tremendous success uh, starting my business over two years ago, and we've just been continuing to grow on uh, 1x, 2x, and 3x scales, uh, even during COVID. So it's been a wild and crazy journey that uh love to share. Uh, and I want to hear it. I do. Yeah. So okay. let me let me back you up just a couple seconds. Let me get some uh biographical information out of the way. Basic stuff. Uh you are a sophomore, you said, in college. Uh senior. Senior. Sorry. Senior. Oh, I'm sorry, I misread that. You're good. Okay, okay, okay. So that would mean you are how old? I am 22. Wow. Okay. Fabulous. All right. The next question I have is, um, you said 1x, 2x, and 3x scales. Could you elaborate on that? Because I don't know anything about running a business at all. Yeah. Um, So I think when, I guess you would start with anything, uh, growing on a 1x is it's kind of just a normal, you know, your normal growth uh, of what you would expect to do um, from a business standpoint of you would want to increase your customer base month by month, like every month. Um, and I think as I started doing the 1X and, and was continually growing, I was pushing myself to, let's say, you know, let's double it. Um, let's see if we can get double the amount of customers. Let's see if we can get double amount of revenue. Um, and then as soon as the 2X was solved, I was like, okay, we're just going to keep pushing the 3. Um, and despite despite anything that would come up, you know, you have a challenge with your employees. How are you going to fix that? Um, if you have a challenge, for example, of COVID, how, how are you going to still keep growing at these scales? Um, and I guess I use the 1X, 2X, and 3X as just examples of the the amount of effort and the yeah. Um, amount of work, I guess, going into it and and to grow. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so the re- one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, or I guess the lens through which I'm going to filter this interview, is yeah. a- around COVID. So yeah, um, I have a couple of questions that I ask basically everybody that comes on the podcast because it's fundamentally mm-hmm. a history podcast. So, uh get ready, put your rem- put your memory cap on. Okay. Uh when when was the <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So, when was the first time uh that you heard of COVID-19? 
Yeah, uh, I heard COVID-19 um, in late December of 2019, uh, or actually, no, way earlier, probably early December, um, is wow. when when I think um, I pay a lot of attention to to news and to, I guess, just what is going on in the world globally. Um, so I guess we, I, probably not early December, but mid-December, I um, was made aware of a possibility of something going on uh, globally. Um, and mainly, I would admit that the reason I was paying attention to China was uh, we were interested in doing some trade marketing or uh, stock market trading, uh, dealing with a company that was in China. So we were doing our exhaustive research in China. Of, wow. You know, okay. what the market's doing. All right. Yeah. I have I have another question that goes, I just ask everybody, but I'm going to pause that and I'm going to ask you, yeah. who is we? When you say okay. we. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> So I get this I get this a lot actually because I I tend to use the word we. Um, so when I use the word we, I think, the royal yeah, we. Um, yeah, I, I, yes. Uh, as a company, okay. I I see myself as even though it's still one person, um, I I see myself as the brand of the the brand of the company, the brand All the right. image of the company, and the person of the company as a we. No, yeah. No, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to see if there were other people in the in the. I don't know if you've ever seen the social network, but yeah. <laughs> there were other people well, in your social um, network. Movie. There, there uh, is. I've I've definitely had some people help me on the way, so okay. the, those might be included. In, those would be included in, I guess, the we. Um, okay. So, yeah. All right. All right. Next question. Um. And again, I insist everybody comes on the podcast. All right. When did you realize, oh, okay, COVID-19 is going to be a big deal in America? Mm-hmm. For uh, kind of reference, the NBA closed down in the middle of March, if that's when it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will honestly say first first case in Seattle. Um, as soon wow. as, as soon as, as soon as that hit, I think maybe it was more of an entrepreneurial side of me that was like, okay, something's going on. Um, and if this is the case, this is affecting, um, health, this is going to affect everyone. Um, I wouldn't say like I, uh, uh, like made that, that was the official, but it was definitely put more on my radar. First case in Seattle. Um, and then probably February was when I actually had the opportunity. I was still traveling in February and that is when traveling around the United States. And that's when I was like, okay. This is this is getting to the point where I you know this is a hundred percent going to happen. And for my point of reference, I was actually shut down in on March thirteenth of twenty twenty. Okay. Now, when you say shut down, I mean I think I know what you mean. But you know we're yeah. talking about the future here too. So let's let's uh, let's talk. Of, and plus, I have international listeners. So let's. Yeah. Uh, when you say future, I mean, when you say shut down, what do you mean exactly? Yeah. So, uh, a nature of the business that I'm in, I sell a, a, a lot of sports arena games, uh, football, basketball. Um, and so that was where June or 
sorry, March 13th was the hard shutdown where the places I was selling at said you can no longer sell. Like we are shut down, we're done for the foreseeable future. Um, and then after that, the um, the events that I would do, like I would I would have my business operate, you know, sell um, sell our products at uh, large gathering, you know, fairs and festivals and stuff, music festivals. Um, and so they just kind of all came up in a line there. With within that March April, everything got canceled. So shutting me down as all my plans for how I was going to continue business in 2020 had been paused. Okay. Wow. Um, let's talk about, you said you faced uh, COVID challenges. Let's talk yeah. about some of your COVID challenges, please. Yeah. Um, so I actually just realized, I haven't said this, but we're uh, a mobile food truck along with uh, multiple indoor locations. So, um, with the part of being a mobile food vendor, uh, that was the biggest challenge immediately, um, with the government, with the state and the federal government coming down and locking down on these, you can't have an event with more than 10 people. Uh, a lot of these fairs and festivals were canceling, um, and that was, that was the revenue stream. That it went complete, it went from there was revenue to the next day there's absolutely none. Um, yeah. So I think that was the biggest challenge, like immediately to to not only feel but also realize that this was going to be a problem. Um, and I, I'm gonna yeah. guess. Well, you you go ahead, you go ahead, and then I have a follow up. Um, I guess other challenges uh, just kept coming as as we furthered into more of the pandemic of, you know, what does this look like for, you know, there's still costs that come in come at running a business. There are still costs that weren't going to be paused. Um, and so slowly just trying to figure out how how to pay those costs and how to more of a financial game, a bigger financial game um, than anything else. Yeah. So my follow-up question is, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to ask you, if you were an essential business. Um, yeah, so essential business, as serving food, I would technically be categorized as an essential business. Um, but with the, with the unique, the uniqueness of being mobile and being, uh, not really set to a schedule anyways, um, I didn't really view myself as an essential business um, for the first few months even, too. Um, for the first few months, I was just like, okay, you know, there's – I need to do my part. I need to – I need to keep my doors closed to make sure that people aren't gathering in masses to, you know, because that's the environment where my business was done, that I kind of viewed that as I was a catalyst for – preventing further outbreaks or further uh good on you man good on yeah you. yeah yeah so um but that kind of changed a little bit as we got as the months continued and other challenges came up that caused us to uh change the revenue models um like you basically had to open up or whatever yeah yeah mm-hmm oh. 
Wow. Um, okay. So, uh, you're in a college town, right? I mean, I've yes. never been to Iowa, so, okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> right. You're in a college town. Um, so I guess is the college open? I mean, yeah. Right so now, I'm actually current, yeah, I'm currently in my last semester here. Um, and so the college is open. Uh, it's a lot of hybrid classes, so a lot is going to be online, but there's a few that are in person. Um, but it's definitely a challenge. Uh, it's not only a challenge from, uh, like our, from having, providing us an education, but also to keep us safe. Um, and I don't know if you've seen in the news, in Iowa at least, uh, they've just actually enforced a, enforced a rule coming down to the counties in Iowa that are housing these, uh, in-state schools that, uh, establishments serving alcohol are no longer allowed to be open. Um, and if an establishment does serve alcohol along with food, they have to stop serving at 10 p.m. Um, just kind of a rule to come down to per- try to prevent people from going out and spending time in mass gatherings. Uh, right. To kind of restrict the prevention or to lessen the spread. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting time to be in a college town, too, because um, I also have had some reopenings of indoor events. So we have had, um, we host high school football, actually. So high school football is still continuing their season. They're playing a limited season, but they play at the university. Um, and so I was able to sell just last week at a football game when the college has suspended their football season until the spring. Huh. Okay. Um. So you said about the alcohol ban. Uh, did you, you don't do you sell alcohol or not? No, I do not. Um, okay. Yeah, I oh, do I not. Get, I get it. But donuts are okay. Donuts are yeah. Don- I get it. Yeah, <laughs> and and we started we started the business by serving, um, you know what we would call like our main street and where all the bars are. You know, we we started out by serving that crowd and. A lot of our customer base is college students, and you know when is a college student going to be out and about and and have the opportunity to be to eat at a food truck? It's usually at those gatherings that it's going to happen. So, so how did you? Okay, this is the question that I just I I was like as soon as you messaged me on Facebook, I was like, yeah. okay, this is my question. I have to ask this dude yeah. right here. Um. Okay, and right off the bat, I assumed you were twenty. You were in your, you know, twenties or whatever. What? Okay, first of all, what is the legal age to rent a car or to, you know, rent a, I guess, a four-wheeled vehicle in your state? Do you know? Um, I believe it's eighteen, but you pay a penalty if you're under twenty-five. Okay, so you are legally able to rent. Yeah. Now, can you rent a truck or can you just rent a compact? Um, I believe you could rent a truck. Uh, but not I mean, a compact. You say t- is that it? Um, well, because here, here was my car, a compact car. Well, because here was my question, right? Here was the thing that flitted right through my head, just yeah. right away. It was like this kid. This I assumed you were a kid. This kid. Yeah. 
can't even can he even rent a car? And he's got this, did he say three food trucks? Jesus. Uh, yeah, two of them. Yeah, no, that is a thing. And I guess I'll put this into more perspective for you. The one food truck I have is a twenty-eight foot, twelve-ton uh, truck. It's a it's an absolute monster. Uh, okay. But yes, I can. I believe I can actually go. I believe you can. I can rent a U-Haul truck. So that would be like a moving okay. truck. So I so I can. Yeah, that's a yes. Uh, okay, okay. No, I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, no, it is crazy. Uh, yeah. It it is. There is there's restrictions when you re- when you get to twenty six thousand pounds and above. So if you, as long as you stay under that. Oh, if you, okay. As long as you stay under that limit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, okay. Um. Wow. Huh. Cool. Yeah. So like, I mean, do you get nervous? Are you, are you, when when people come on your truck or whatever, are you like, hey, dude, those shoes, man, they look kind of heavy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. my truck is my truck's weighted at twelve tons, but it's actually it is actually way under. Um, so okay. it's never it's never that it's uh it's probably at least when I registered the vehicle it. Uh, they said, you know, it's better just to register a little higher and just just be safe. So, okay. um, but I actually have never done, um, I've never done a weight other than the truck itself is is weighted to a max of twelve tons. Wow. All right. Let me ask you this though. Um, I'm assuming like every college person ever. You mm-hmm. have friends on campus or friends in the apartments or or whatever. Um, yeah. So what are your friends? Like, what do, what do they, like, I'm talking about, like, your friends that don't work with you or whatever or work for you, yeah. however you say that. What are your, like, your buddies that you're not seeing on the work day? What, what are they like? Are they, are they like, hey, man, this, Robert, this is cool, or what are they like? <laughs> Yeah, so it's actually it would probably be a funny story. Um, I lived with five other people, and I still do. We live in a big house, and oh my god! When I first presented the idea, really, it was kind of like they were like, "Okay," like, and they knew me before to give out the idea to say, "Hey, like, I thought about this," like, and so they were kind of like, "Okay, yeah, this is another one of his ideas. Like, this will be." will be good we can go through this idea like see how it's going to go um but it wasn't until you know one late night you know i was sitting in the driveway honking the horn of a big food truck in the driveway that they were kind of oh, like okay. oh. they were like okay this is this is real this uh is for real all right yeah cool and okay yeah they've always been they've always been super supportive and um i think it's it's in it's a it's something different I, you know, they are always ecstatic to to find someone that they know that knows me, or find someone that is just excited that this is a possibility that they know someone that uh, is doing their own thing. So awesome, dude! Awesome. Um. Okay. So. Okay. Now, obviously, I'm never gonna eat one of your donuts, and that makes me a little sad. <laughs> um. But I gotta know. I gotta know. Okay. Couple. Couple of questions. How did you hit on the donut recipes? Like, how did you? 
is there a story there or um there's a, there's a little bit of a story um so when I started yeah. I just I really wanted a food truck so we bought we went out and bought one and it was it was kind of a blank canvas um but when I went to pick it up the guy was like hey I got a donut machine available I was like all right he's like it, it makes good <laughs> it makes good money and it, it's something fun I enjoyed it um and so I was like all right sure let's do it so we oh, got the donut cool. machine and and that's where it really went, took off. Um, I contacted the manufacturer of the machine and then just started learning anything and everything. Um, and that's how we, we kind of got into that realm and figured, and we found out that donuts was, donuts is fun to make. Donuts are, everyone loves them. Um, so it was a really good food choice. Okay. Paul. Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. Hang on. Now yeah. I have other questions. You're like the most, you are the most fun one of these interviews I've I've done so far. Most of these interviews are like about a horrible plague or or you know history <laughs> stuff, opaque yeah. history stuff. But uh, you know, Jesus. Um, so the world, at least I live in Atlanta. I live in Metro okay. Atlanta. So we have essentially there's two donut chains. We have yeah. Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' Donuts. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had either one of those. Yeah. Okay. We uh, here in Iowa we have one Krispy Kreme, I believe, in the whole state. Oh, wow. And then we Dunkin we have a couple Dunkin' Donuts. But okay. yeah. So okay. So okay. Are your donuts more glazed or are they more cake? Um, so it's gonna be a base of a cake donut. But uh so the mini so I serve mini donuts, kinda like what you would get at the state fair or at oh, festival, so they're okay. they're gonna be more cinnamon sugar, but we also do okay. some frosting. So yeah. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, hmm. Um. So what's the? I mean, okay. All right. Okay, take me through your day. Like yeah. Like we're we're gonna know. wake up now. You and I are wake. Okay. Yeah, we're waking up. <laughs> um. Right. Yeah. So let's. Uh, um, so the day of an event, um, usually I would, the day before I have probably have, would have packed the food truck, got, got all my necessary stuff in there, uh, propane, gasoline, generator, all my, all my equipment's in there, all the supplies, got that all ready. So when I wake up in the morning, it's, it's usually just run through my checklist again. Um, and then I'll hop in the truck and, uh, go to wherever the event is, usually, um, Recently, I've been doing a lot of corporate gigs, like uh, corporate picnics or employee give-back days, um, which are really nice. They're usually about a day, so uh, leave at leave at uh, 7 a.m., get there, um, however long it takes to get there. Um, I need uh, about an hour to set up beforehand, so we'll get there. We'll level the truck, um, put it up on some stabilizers, uh, turn on the gas, turn on the propane plug in the generator, um, and get that all running. So the donut machine uh, takes about 45 minutes to heat up, so that's where that a lot of that hour comes in. So we'll get the machine plugged in right away, get everything in the truck set up. So we'll we'll run the water in the sinks. Uh, we'll get we'll wipe down all the counters, sanitize all the counters, get the the donut mix out, um, get the cinnamon sugar. I do donuts in bags and buckets, so I get the bags out, get the buckets out, 
um, and just kind of set up everything. Um, I have a little shelf outside my truck that I would would put up. I'd put the napkins and and all the stuff outside. Um, and then when yeah. the donut machine's the donut machine's ready, we uh, put the cake batter in the hopper there. And my donut machine does a hundred and nine dozen per hour. A hundred and nine so, dozen. Dozen. Wow. Yes. So. <laughs> um, we would, usually you have to turn it down a little slow because you're not that busy, but, uh, so I can make a dozen donuts in 60 seconds. So a lot of the times I like to keep it that once a customer comes up, I'll exchange the money and then I'll say, Hey, we're going to make those fresh for you. It'll be one minute here and the machine will make, the machine is an automatic. So, uh, it will make yeah. the donuts for us, uh, come out the end there. I'll put them into the bag and, Sprinkle some cinnamon sugar on it, um, and then hand them to the customer at the window. Okay. Um, okay. And then. To, oh. Oh. Wait. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Oh no. Keep going. Keep going. And then I have a, a COVID-related question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the end. End of the end of the event. Uh, it's usually about. I can. I've kind of gotten down to a thirty-minute process. Really. Um, you pretty much you're doing everything in reverse, and then. The biggest thing is I use a, a, a stainless steel siphon to siphon the oil out into a container, and then we'll drive the truck back home, or um, and then we'll we'll kind of do a restock of everything and wipe down everything and do the dishes, and then uh, it'll all be ready for the next event. So okay, um, all right. So how does where does class fit into all that? Like where does yeah. your schooling fit into all that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been really smart with my schedule. Um, I don't have classes on Fridays, um, which allows That's me to thinker. do an event. Yeah. That's a thing. Which allows, <laughs> allows me to do an event on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So like if I do a, a, a small town festival or a fair, usually those are going to be a three day event yeah. and they fall on that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, otherwise if someone contacts me, um, I have my class schedule, so I just, um, they're pretty accommodating. I say, hey, I'm a student. Like, I'm going to, I am I got my classes. Uh, this is my times available. Um, and usually those events tend to be in the evenings. Um, yeah. And then if, the, if they want to do a, an employee give back day or something that's early in the morning, um, I have a, a couple days during the week that I'm not busy in the morning that I can do, or we just kind of save it for a weekend. So. Huh, that is really but, cool. Yeah, and then uh, indoor athletics arena. Uh, all those all those games are going to be later in the evening. So a lot of it is, you know, I'll get done with class at three o'clock, and I'll I'll be in the arena at four o'clock, um, selling to to set up in there. So in the indoor arena, uh, everything's already there. I have a second I have a second and a third donut machine that I have in there that are always set up. So that that is not so that I have, that's not so that, that's not where I have to bring the truck in there. Um, I just kind of have to walk in there and everything's set up there. So. Cool. Um, yeah. All right. So I had a question. Um, I had a question. Um, you know, you know, like, uh, COVID and cash, right? Like COVID and money. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, being as you're a young fella, uh, I can call you a young fella. I'm almost <laughs> double your age. Uh, 
<laughs> Being as you're a young fella, I would imagine mm-hmm. you know about Samsung Pay and Apple Pay and Google Pay and things like that. Yeah. Uh, are you are you guys doing that or? Um, yes, we we accept we do the Square payments. I don't know if you're familiar with that platform, but oh, that sure. allows you to yeah. do that allows you to do a lot of that contactless. Um, actually, PayPal came out with a an option to allow people to accept cashless payments just by QR code. So we were able to do that. Um, and then also I have the option for Venmo. Um, it is not um, – it's in their terms and agreements to not use Venmo as a business transaction purposes. Um, so I do not advertise it or use it. But there has been two a couple instances where – they didn't have the card. The card didn't work, and they they re, they asked if we could use Venmo, um, and so we've settled that that way. But I've also will also say that I've not had a huge amount of people use like I still have a healthy amount of people use cash. Um, I did. I've done four hundred and fifty four dollars of my sales this summer in credit card payments. Compare, well, so like that's lot, about, but a lot of people use cash. Oh yeah, they're still using cash. Um, uh, more people are using exact change. Um, but yeah. the cash, I think the food truck industry has been cash heavy and always okay. will be. Um, but I, I do have the option to use Square and use that credit card processing, but I, to my surprise, have not seen it's a fraction of my sales have been in credit card processing. Okay. So. And I for, I'm a dummy. I forgot to ask you a question. Fundamental question. What town in Iowa are you Are you in? Yeah. Um, so I'm in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Um, that's where the university is. Um, and I'm, okay. from, I'm from Pella, Iowa, which is a, a smaller town two hours south. But Cedar Falls, Iowa. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay, um, gee, what is your, um, that is so cool though. What is your, um, bestseller? What's your bestselling donut? Yeah, um, so when we launched, we launched with seven different flavors. We were really, I was really excited. Probably just my ambition to like, let's do strawberry, let's do blueberry, let's do chocolate, like, let's do all these flavors. Um, and yeah. after our first time doing it, it was just kind of like, holy cow, this is a lot more work. And we recognize that people are buying one type of donut. So we switched Cinnamon to – only. Yes, yes. We only sell one one type of donut, um, and that is cinnamon sugar, um, which has has its has its downfalls but also has its positives. Um you're able to focus on one product. You're able to streamline the process to be the most efficient. And, you know, yeah. I can get you a dozen donuts in 60 seconds from the time you walk up to the window till you have them in your hand and you're walking away. Um, but a lot of people, some people are like, hey, I, I would really like strawberry. I'd really like chocolate. I, I'd like sprinkles on mine. Um, and, to you know, there's a lot more other places to go get donuts. And if you prefer that type of donut, I – I'm not stopping you at getting a donut at one of those other establishments. So, hey, hey, it's a free country, and plus, like you can up, yeah. you can up stakes and move somewhere else. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this: Did you have like a like Did you have a mentor for all this, or, or like a 
Did you have yeah. did you have a thought like I need to go ask somebody what to do about XYZ? Yeah. Um so a little cool a cool thing, um uh, my dad has owned his own small business for eighteen years now. Um so my dad is a barber and so that was really a big part of it and that probably can can uh be responsible for all of my childish um ambitions to be to start new things and tinker with things and create things. Um, but also when I got to college, a big part of why I chose to like make my official stake of starting a company in college was um, at the university that I uh, at all three major universities in Iowa. There's uh, the John Papa John Entrepreneurial Center, which is uh, a student incubator. I guess you would a student incubator for college students to incubate their ideas. Um, there's a lot of mentors through that that are able to help you. Um, and so that's been a big part of the journey um, and a lot of the, hey, how do I do this? Or, hey, what should I do about this? Or, you know, those questions have been definitely through that, I guess you would say, mentor. Huh. Okay. Um, wow. So, okay. Let me ask you another – Okay. So there's another question that I ask that I'm now going to ask all of my people that come on to my podcast. Um, yeah. So what kind of when you consume news, what sort of news do you consume per se? Like like what outlets do you read or listen to or watch or, or whatever? Yeah. Um, um, is it one part question? Well, no, because the reason I'm asking is because I'm noticing, like, I'm noticing there's a definite, like, this person found out about COVID way before this person. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I So, honestly, all my news that I'm going to get is going to be a lot from influence of my roommates or the people that I live with that consume their news and they're I will tell you they're gonna consume their news mostly from social media. Um but I also am gonna consume my news based on my own my own research. I think what we talked about, like my discovery of COVID came from my interest in the stock market and looking at what company to invest in. And a lot of my interests probably come from uh I do have the Google the Google News that kind of facilitates news as what they think I would like. Um, So a lot of it is entrepreneurial mindset. Like today, you know, finding out that Elon Musk passed Mark Zuckerberg as the third third richest man in the world was not a news source of me finding it on Facebook or Twitter. It was simply in my research and in, in my looking at other entrepreneurs or other financial information that I discovered that he surpassed him. Yeah. Have you noticed, because I'm going to get you onto this topic, <laughs> have you noticed yeah. per se that, because um, I have a little theory about Google News. Um, yeah. My theory is that there's things that show up on my Google News that I myself am not interested in, but the people that I live with are. And so, yeah. like, I couldn't care less about Meghan Markle. I'm sure she's a nice person, but, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So do you, do yeah. you notice that, too? Or, or okay. um, 
Yeah, so I will say the one story we were on, we were, all my roommates were sitting in the living room and we were talking about getting a pool table for our basement. And, uh, I clicked on my phone and in the news section or the, the what would be helpful, there was a YouTube video on how to make a pool table. Um, that is, so that I, is so crazy. I mean, yeah. I definitely think more people are getting used to the fact that, um, technology is evolving and technology is being, is, is advancing so fast that, uh, whether it be a search result or whether it be, uh, just the microphone simply on your phone or Google Home or Alexa, um, that everyone's in the industry to give you the product or give you information that would help you in the most beneficial way um, to kind of close that transaction gap. You know, if you were looking for a new pair of slippers and, um, a, you know, there's five slipper companies that are out there and one of them decides to invest in a technology that would um, allow the Google Home to pick up on someone talking about needing new slippers and then able to send you specifically targeted ads for their slippers, they're going to close that transaction. They're going to close that sale much faster than any of the other four companies. Um, and I think that's just where a lot of technology and advancement is going, whether it be in artificial intelligence or in ad placements. So um, it is. I have I have noticed Google News sometimes is maybe not the news that I want, but it's the news that maybe my roommate would be really interested in. Or, or exactly, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, okay. So, and I bring that up because, um, like the, somebody I interviewed, uh, yesterday and I were talking about, um, you know, what they call these silos where you're in a news silo and you don't, you might not see news that somebody else sees and you might not be aware of, but I really think that's really cool that you're making, um, you're making an effort to keep up with this COVID-19 and I feel like you got your head on a swivel and that's, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think I'm in the industry of food and food is going to be drastically affected as we've seen by a, a global pandemic and by a pandemic that's preventing people from, you know, really participating in one of our favorite hobbies. You know, it is, you know, let's go out, let's get a group of four of us, let's go eat. Um, and so no matter how involved I am in the food industry, I'm going to be on the lookout to make sure that if something comes down that's going to affect me, it's going to – I'll know about it, and I'll make the right moves. Well, that's cool. Um, so uh, let me ask you a basic question, because you're a college yeah. student. So what's your, uh, yeah. what's your major, first off? Like, what's your major? Yeah. Um, so my major is communications uh, – and I'm working towards a certificate in entrepreneurship. But it's going to be it's you're doing, communication. You're doing more than working towards it. You are an entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And that, that has been a debate of do I need the certificate or not. But um, some of the classes lined up as they're counting as dual credit. So it's kind of kind of like, yeah. okay, well, so. But. So, okay. So when you graduate school, which I'm, I'm guessing is going to be in May, um, um, so it will, it'll actually be here in Iowa. We will be done on Thanksgiving. Um, so I will actually graduate in December. So. Oh, that's right. You told me about the hybrid classes. Yep. 
What was yep. that? Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about your experience with the the hybrid classes versus the traditional school and all yeah. that. Yeah. So it's always been an option to take online classes um, through universities, which I obviously have not participated in because I knew that I would not be motivated by an online class. Um, I think for me and probably a, a, a good handful of my peers realize that going in person to class um, is your accountability. You know, there's there's one thing to to taking a class that you really enjoy, and it doesn't matter how it's presented, but for a class maybe that you wouldn't care for to learn about at 9 a.m., you need to go. You need to be there in person to make sure you're learning it, or to at least make sure that you have the possibility to learn, um, which yeah. has been probably the biggest challenge for me, um, knowing that I don't like online classes and then being forced to take online classes. Well, I mean, the positive thing to me for somebody like you about online classes now, right, is you could you could yeah. be sitting on your phone in the truck. Yes, <laughs> I I will tell you I uh, I was just traveling. I was doing an event, uh, a catering event, uh, on Monday, yeah. and it was during class time. But I was just on my phone in the car. Like I had my phone dialed into Zoom, and it was just in the cup holder, and I was listening to it in my class as I was driving. Like, And I would have not been able to do that if it was in person. So there is there is positives. There is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now, um, you have like a, a, for your business, you have like a Facebook and a Twitter and like all yeah. like that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. The Facebook, the Facebook and Instagram is just Rob's Mini Donuts, um, and then the website is robsminidonuts dot com. And I'll, if you shoot me an email, I'll uh, yeah, I'll uh, be sure to put that up in the show notes. But yeah. the question, the reason I want to ask is because I have noticed for myself that I spend. The time I spend on Facebook these days is mainly boosting this podcast, right? Yeah. And because of that, I've noticed that I like I see kind of behind the behind the curtain of Facebook, you know, like yeah. how like you see, yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk about that for a second. Ah, uh, like behind behind the curtain of the whole Facebook yeah. business. Um, I definitely, so I also, I guess when we were talking about mentorship, I also use Facebook as a huge mentor role. Um, there, you know, Facebook groups are huge. Um, and there's actually a Facebook group out there that is a bunch of people who sell mini donuts. So, uh, that was a big part of my mentorship. And so I've actually started, I've actually been keeping really close with that group. So a lot of my time on Facebook it is either promoting my business or, uh, spending my time on that group, kind of helping other people, but it it is a huge thing that um, a lot you know a lot of my social media time has not is not used as for me to to uh, gather information anymore. It's more for me to spend time putting more information out there um, and just seeing what works and what doesn't work. I think uh, we probably all know that. The ability for Facebook and Instagram and Twitter to provide us what we love to see and why it's 
why we go back to those platforms is an algorithm. Uh, there's an algorithm to everything and how it works on those sites. And uh, so testing out how I can hack that algorithm, how I can make sure that my post is always going to show up to to make sure that I'm going to get the best uh, reactions or the best um, – I, yeah. you know, I frequently pay for Facebook ads or pay for those Facebook boosts. So how, how do I make sure I'm going to get the best bang for my buck? Well, that's cool. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've discovered Facebook is a, a, you know, the problems I have with it as a social site, um, to mm-hmm. me, like, I think it's an amazing um, boosting. Like, it's an amazing boosting. Yeah. I really do. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, it's just amazing. Um, you know, and the other thing I guess I really wanted to talk to you about, if you want, is, you know, I've noticed, I've been talking to a lot of folks, you know, mm-hmm. since, I guess I started my, well, I did. I started my podcast in the middle of March. Okay. And I have, you know, 3,000 some odd listens to right now, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound yeah. like a lot until you realize on the rankings it's pretty high. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and, well, and I think if you put, if you start to put into perspective that you have 3,000 people that are spending the, the, you know, the hour, the, the 45 minutes to specifically listen to you. And there's so many other things out there. I think you said it in your intro there. Like, there's so many other things out there, but they're spending their time yeah. listening to this. What's so. amazing to me is I don't even know anybody in New Zealand. And I had, like, last month, I exactly. had a huge amount of New Zealand people. But the thing mm-hmm. I wanted to ask is, like, I mean, do you, I mean, so obviously this new world of uh, social media and things, this is bringing up, like, a whole new economy almost. Like, a, you yeah. know, it's oh, yeah. amazing. It, it it is it's it's a, also a way that everything's able to grow. I think we you know we talked about the one x two x three x, but as soon as you add social media and add the ability to, like you said, have your podcast be listened by someone in New Zealand, you're growing you're growing ten x you're growing worldwide instantaneously, and that was never possible until this push of social media and small business yeah. and I mean all became and this sort of, is, yeah. And this podcast is going to be on the internet forever, so I mean, exactly. You know, good lord, you're going to be like yeah. ten years from now. You're going to be like, yep, that Ben man. I talked to him and yeah, people. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, man. So, is there anything you would love to tell the internet right now? Any, I guess, final thoughts? Uh the world's changing. And, uh, it's either, it's gonna change with or without you. So, um, I think well, let being me, aware of, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you this, because I, I love to ask people this question. How, how yeah. do you think the world is changed? Like, where, where do you see the world moving? Yeah. Um, it, it is, yeah, that's, no, that's a good question, because I think people, people have asked that, I mean, at least 
where I have been ever since since May, since June. You know, what happens, you know, what is this look like when it comes back to normal? Like, we have obviously been changed. The world has been changed very drastically in the past nine months. But the the cool thing to look at and the interesting thing that's going to look at to, to look at is what is it going to return to? We know what it could be, like, we know what we would want it to return to. We would want to go back to we wouldn't have to worry about going outside and hanging out with our friends or worried about going to a bar and and having someone else there that's sick. Like, before COVID, the flu was still a thing. Like, people got sick because they went out and got infected by someone else. But this has been such, like, a much bigger scale that when when we return back to whatever, yeah, we don't know what we we are returning back to. Um, I think it's the scary thing, but also the really cool thing, because you we all we have a blank canvas to create what to return back to. And I I tell you one thing. The other reason I want to talk to you is because yeah. I think food trucks are going to, like, I think eating outdoors is going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big thing. <laughs> yeah. I I think it is, too. I, I think, I don't know how, if you've seen it happen in Atlanta, but he, even here in Iowa, how many how many stores just decided, you know what, we're going to build a patio. We're going to build this. We're going to do this. Like, there's even fast food chains that didn't have, you know, Chick-fil-A. For best example I have, Chick-fil-A here, um, they built a new three-lane drive-through system and, like, in less than a month. Like, totally transformed the whole ordering process and, like, made it contactless and so efficient. And they did it less than a month. And restaurants are pushing towards... Let's let's take this extra chunk of land we have and like let's build a patio here, and right. people are wanting to do that too, especially here in Iowa where things have started to open back up. Like, there's places that would not have business if they didn't have a place to eat outside. Well, one thing like, I mean, Atlanta, Metro Atlanta mm-hmm. is one of the biggest places in America. Yeah. Oh yeah, and when I was a kid. I mean, it was a big place, but it wasn't like like it is now. And, like, within, I'd say, the last 10 or 15 years, it became noted for its tacos. Like, we have a lot of Latin people here. And so all of a sudden, we became noted for our tacos and burritos and things like that. Yeah. And, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I see it every day. The world is nothing but change. Um, Yeah. And I think you're right. I think totally. I think these businesses had better had better adapt because, like, I I had a great aunt who was a, a young lady during the Spanish flu, and yeah. she, as an old woman, was still kind of freaked out by even just a cough. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, somebody's having a oh, cough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be people, I mean, and, you know, who knows? We might grow up to be one of those people, but there's going to be yeah. people for the rest of their lives. They're going to be like, 
No, I'm not eating indoors. Yeah. Or, yeah, no, I'm never having my groceries delivered to me in person. Or, no, I'm never going to you know, I'm never going to go, you know, all the people, I think I read it somewhere. Yeah, all the people who were hating, hating the idea of Amazon delivering them packages in two days are now the most loyal fans ever because they realized what Amazon had to offer and that they could now, they can get their groceries delivered, they can fix the, they can fix the baby gate, or they can also buy a new lamp online and have it delivered, and they never have to leave their house. I actually, I heard a podcast one day uh, recently that shall remain nameless, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was, they interviewed uh, Jeff Bezos, these people. Yeah. And he said, it literally was like, he goes, it was literally like this. I literally went to sleep, and Amazon Fresh was a luxury. And I woke yeah. up the next day, and I was delivering 50%. And I had 50% of the American grocery market. Mm-hmm. It was literally like that. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. my thing is, like, my thing, honestly, because I don't know if you've heard my podcast, but I li- but I did two grocery store employees that are anonymous. Mm-hmm. And my deal is, like, I honestly wonder if we're going to have physical grocery stores going forward. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, at least in the yeah. big places. It's, it's, it's the question of, is there, if, you know, COVID has obviously allowed for this question, is there going to be physical grocery stores anymore? I think I think about the the revolution of electric cars and all that, and what's going to happen to all the physical gas stations. Why? And and Why? not to be off topic, not to be off topic, not to be off topic, but you know, I would my even topic say is what you talk about. <laughs> okay, my my topic is what you talk about. So go, please. I'll, go, ta- I'll tie it back. To, I'll tie it back to COVID. I promise. Um, you don't have to, so like, but okay. <laughs> I I live in a small town of 10,000 people where I grew up, and there's six gas stations in that town. Granted, we live by highway, so there was reasons for a couple of those gas stations, but once, and if you pay attention to certain people who have their visions for electric cars, probably the most known would be Elon Musk's future of what an electric car society looks like you're going to have the ability to charge your electric car at your house. Um, and the gas, you know, the real estate and the physical building of a gas station is going to be obsolete. Um, maybe there'll be a few, like if there were six gas stations in town, maybe there's now two of them. But if you take that on a scale of all the towns that are in America, you're going to have a lot of real estate and a lot of possibilities for, what what's the new thing that comes into play? Um, yeah. No, kind like of, I, kind of, honestly, yeah. Honestly, I, you like know, I never you, thought of that. If you view, you know, we viewed COVID as this way of, wait, maybe people are going to rethink about getting their groceries. You know, let's just replace the word COVID and put, you know, electric car revolution in there. You know, with the electric car revolution, how is that going to change how people, you know, do the daily tasks they do with their car. You know, they're still going to have to get their car washed, so that's okay. They're, 
you know, they're still going to have to get the card maintenance, so that'll be the same. But you're taking away an extra step. You're taking away the the fact that they would have to go to a gas station to fuel. And and probably just coming from a small town where there was six gas stations, that's a huge amount of real estate. Um, and that's a right. huge amount of opportunity for for what's to, you know, what could be coming in the future. Or you think about, like you think about, um, so the immediate parallel to this that I see, or, which is a stupid parallel, but it's the immediate one, was mm-hmm. I'm so old, I can remember when streaming was uh, was new. was not only new, but it oh, was yeah. like, we're not going to do that. What? No, we're going to happily yeah. pay the cable company whatever. Mm-hmm. And... Like, there used to be, in my city, I used to live in the city when this was going on. In my city, like in every apartment that, you know, was costly, there'd be Mm -hmm. one cable guy hanging out all day, waiting to unhook and rehook. I mean, every single apartment. Oh, yeah. And that's gone now. And also, like, I mean, you think about all the bought... Okay, like in your town, I bet you, what would you say, 10,000? Yeah, I grew up in the town of 10,000. That's at least two or three blockbusters right there. At oh, least. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you also, I mean, you talked about it with the streaming, but uh, probably most recently, um, AT&T is looking to sell DirecTV. They're looking to sell yeah. the company because who watches DirecTV anymore? Well, and also, here's something I got my eye on for real, like for real. Yeah. Is, because I used to be, um, I did a little time in the TV business. Okay. Um, and here's something I got my eye on for real. Like, mm-hmm. these broadcasting rights for tele- for sports. Oh, yeah. That's going to create it. That, post-COVID, that's going to, no. Because people, like, because I'll tell you, like, I'm a big Winnipeg Jets fan. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm a big Winnipeg Jets fan. All right. So I paid for NHL.com, right? Because mm-hmm. I live out of market yeah. and yeah. still a big fan, even though they moved. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Here's what I noticed. Okay. When you pay to watch a specific team, when you are paying a service to watch a specific team, your relationship with that team changes. You expect them okay. to win. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And but, I could totally yeah. see it. Where these come, yeah. where these leagues are like, what? The Tampa Bay Devil Rate? Nobody cares. Go away. You know what's going to happen? They're gonna they're gonna move it all in house, you know, the the NFL maybe not even on the NFL level, but you know, the Atlanta Falcons are gonna say, hey, we're gonna do this all in house. We'll we'll film we'll we'll broadcast our own games and we'll just charge the fans, you know, instead of paying seventy five dollars for your ticket to come into the to the Superdome, like just pay pay your twenty five bucks a month and you can watch all our games. Or. Or, you know, the other thing I've noticed, like, back in the day when I used to go to the mall, which was, you know, January, February 2020, 
What yeah. I would notice would be like the people your age, like everybody your age and under. This mm-hmm. is, I don't know, like if you go like to malls or whatever, but this is fascinating. Look at what the people are wearing. Like look at the jerseys they wear, the kind of jerseys yeah. they wear, right? Uh huh. Yeah. What do you, now you tell me, what do you see on the, like the people your age and younger, maybe a little bit older than you? What kind of jerseys do you see? Like, like names or, like or teams? Like sports. Oh. Like not specific teams, but like sports. Cause I noticed oh. something. I, I mostly see football, but that might be just where we are in, you know, in Iowa. Um, yeah. So you don't see a lot of soccer shirts? No. Because I see a no. ton of those. Really? I and I guess, yeah, and I think that's probably being in Iowa. Uh, there's, yeah. I mean, the, probably the closest, yes. I mean, there's, there's soccer leagues in Minneapolis, which is, which is close to us, but other than that, I don't think soccer has even, has really made a, a market share in Iowa. Huh. Cool. Well, but, I mean, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, like, the, the kids, like, the young, the kids, right? They're into mm-hmm. soccer. Yeah. Like, they're into soccer. Yeah. Then, you know, they might care somewhat about baseball or basketball or football yeah. or whatever, but they're, they're into soccer for real. Um, yeah. And I will say that the, the soccer is a big, like, I'm agreeing with you that soccer is big. I think that's the, you know, it's huge in Minnesota. It's becoming a big thing in there. And it just hasn't made its way to Iowa, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, it will. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah, it will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, huh. Well, you're, you've been a fascinating guest. Um, all right. Give yourself a plug and, uh, right now. Yeah. Um, so like I said, uh, Rob's Money Donuts on Facebook, Instagram, or robsmanydonuts.com. Also, uh, if you want to learn more about me, uh, you can go to robertsales.com. Uh, that's a website of just my personal journey and, and, uh, has links to all my other social medias and other businesses that I've done. Um, but if you're ever in Iowa, if you're ever in Cedar Falls, Iowa, uh, message us, let us know. We'll, we'll make it worth your trip. Um, and, uh, and I'm yeah. sad that I'm never going to have one of your donuts. That, that makes yeah. me sad now. <laughs> it's okay. We'll, one day we'll figure it out. One day. All right. All right. Well, Robert Sales, it's been a pleasure yeah. talking to you. Thank and, you. Uh, hold on. Let me unhook the recording and then I'll, um, say some stuff off air. Yeah.